jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you, jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you, jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you, jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I keep a, a close watch on this game of mine. I keep my eyes wide open all the time. I keep the ends out for the PlayStation controller that binds because you're mine, Spec Ops the line. That's that's really great. I think we can end the episode there. <laughs> Is that enough? Yeah, I think Beautiful. that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that sells it, yeah. Um, it's taken well, us how long to get to Spec Ops the line? Yeah, a long time. We've been doing this for what eight years, and ah, we haven't touched something. We like haven't that. touched this game, and now now we're finally here. It's this and I think we've done some stuff on the original Doom, but we've not really. We've not done a month on Doom. Um, yeah, and that's another one of the kind of hangnails that we eventually need to need to trim off. But this is Ew. this is the first one. This is the first biggie. The the real. Why haven't they done that yet? The public have been crying out. <laughs> when will bullet the public? Yeah. Yeah, the public cry. I don't know if it's out. For I don't know. Okay, they cry manly, manly tears of guilt and contrition mm. when they realize what That's what right. they've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess I should say, by way of introduction, A, that we've got Yusuf Cole. Hey, yo. And we've got Ed Ned Smith. Why do I get a stupid name? Because <laughs> I just thought of it. I was trying to think of, I wanted a second syllable, and I wasn't going to go with Edward. Why don't you say, like, Pusef Cole or something, you know? Why doesn't he get a, doesn't he get a bit of a... This doesn't sound the same ring to it as Ned. Oh, Ed the Ned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ed, Edward and Edward like, Smith. I got no fucking respect on this <laughs> show. Um, Edward the Second, Hammer of the Scots. Edward Longshanks. How about that? You like that? No, but carry on. <laughs> All right. Uh, Back to Ned. So we did. We did uh, uh, Ned. Um, <laughs> we did uh, a month on Spec Ops the Line on the website which uh had all three of us all three of us writing articles and then we had an article as well by grace benfell and cameron kunzelman uh sort of discussing back and forth the line um which i say at the beginning of this because i think everything that was written i'll maybe accept uh grace and cam's article um just because it's it's the three of us here, but I think the things that we wrote probably are going to inform some of what we talk about. Um, I think this is a game that like its reputation kind of precedes it for better or worse, and that's definitely something I think that comes up in various ways, directly or indirectly, in the articles we wrote. So instead of doing the kind of like, well, no, maybe it still is interesting to get into this, talk about Spec Ops the Line, 2012 Jaeger development published by 2k um and go to use of first and just say do the uh the the blanket binary one or zero did you like spec ops the line yeah i liked it 
Um, yeah, I think it's like uh, obviously very much a product of its time. It's kind of ugly, but also kind of like imaginative and the aesthetic they go for. Like they kind of went for something with the sand and sandstorms and kind of like glass postmodern like Dubai architecture and everything being kind of in the state of decrepitude, which was definitely like a, a, a running uh, trend, uh, you know, post Bioshock, post uh, games of that era. Um, but mainly, yeah, I just think it's like a game that that has something to say and takes some swings, a lot of misses, but um, I appreciate that they were just like, you know what, I have this license. Um, apparently they're going to let me do whatever I want. <laughs> I'm going to do something that kind of spits in the face of uh, my own genre and and does it. Uh, and yeah, and the shooting's uh solid 7 out of 10. Uh, and that's my that's my that's my score. Um, before I go to Ned, you know this is the tenth Spec Ops. I knew that there were Spec Ops before. That's a lot of Spec Ops. This is the yeah the tenth. The first one was in 1998. So uh, you were for a while there getting a Spec Ops a year, sometimes two a year, if you were lucky. Um, Have you played any of those Spec Ops? I don't think so. I don't think so. I have. The cover of one of them on like the, an original PlayStation 1, one of them like looks kind of familiar, the cover, but I, I, like, I don't have any memory of it. You have, Ed? Yeah. I've played... Uh, let me think. I've played a few of them, actually. Um, I played... Yeah, it was Spec Ops Ranger Elite was the one that I played. Cause it, was a, it was kind of a precursor to games like SOCOM and in that sort of like Ghost Recon... Uh, vape. Mm-hmm. Um, like tact- tactical military. Yeah, which meant, you know, it was kind of slow, it had tank controls, um, there were maybe like 10 enemies per level as opposed to, you know, like 50 or something. Um, and it was it was really tricky. And the only thing that I, dis- I, I distinctly remember two things about Spec Ops Range Relief. One is that the first level was set in the snow, and the other was that when you threw a frag grenade, your character went frago. Like like rag like ragu. Yeah, like <laughs> it, well, I think he was meant to say frag out, but it's, uh, it's it sounds like f r a double g o like frago. Um, yeah, and that's that's basically what I remember. So imagine my disappointment when I picked up Spec Ops: The Line, expecting more of that kind of. <laughs> High octane. And no action. one says that. And no one said frago. Yeah. Not there's so many barks and no frago. No, no frago. Yeah. Um, another point of trivia, while looking at this, is the bad podcast practice of looking at a Wikipedia page while talking. Um, one star on iTunes. Go on there, leave a comment. Um, the people who. The studio, Zombie Studios, so we've always had good studio names. That's the that's um, the kind of studio that you just know is still in business in 2023. <laughs> to be fair, both Ninja Theory, the theory of ninjas, and... Naughty Dog. Uh, what's the other? Team Ninja, Naughty Dog. Yeah. Uh, Bad Dog Zombie Productions. Studios. Woof, woof, woof. <laughs> <laughs> that would be better, though. <laughs> um yeah, the zombie studios who made Spec Ops, the the first handful of them, 
also made America's Army. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, which I think is uh, kind of an interesting data point. And also, the other one that sticks out is they made the Blackwater license game. Ooh. Yeesh. Yeah, the one where you get to play... That was a... Uh, yeah, 2011... Uh, First-person shooter where players assume the role of a Blackwater worldwide contractor. Yeah, well, you you know what? That comes out not that long after. There was also America's Most Wanted, um, which had, I swear to God, let me check this now, that had Bin Laden on the cover. That's amazing. Well, hang on, don't quote me on this. Um, Because the, the game was kind of premised around, you know, you're trying to capture the, like, the deck of 52, um, oh god, wow. Yeah, there's. I'm looking at a box art here. There seems to be like different box arts. I'm wondering if it was maybe changed in like different regions, but there's certainly one I'm looking at here. The PC version has an image of uh, the Saddam Hussein top left with like a red X through him, because obviously he was dead He's, by the time they, they, yeah, they got him. Um, but yeah, there's a PlayStation 2 version here, a PAL version, which has got uh, Bin Laden on the cover. And looks like uh, like Ben uh, the KBL, whatever his name was. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's there's like actual terrorists on there. So, yeah, there was that the whole kind of genre of uh, those kind of games. It's kind of interesting because the Blackwater one, because of I feel like a lot of in Spec Ops is like directly referencing some of the late Iraq War con- like private contractor imagery, like people yeah. hanging from lampposts and. Uh, like that kind of stuff, like feels like very much of like remit, like very much like in conversation with that, even if it's not actually citing uh, it directly. Khaled Sheikh Mohammed was the one I was thinking of. Um, mm. Yeah. So yeah, you're right, and uh, you know what? That that actually I think is probably an interesting place to start, not to kind of hijack the trajectory of the discussion. Yeah. It, 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 the thing is, Ed, yes or no, good or bad? Yeah, okay, so uh, I, I really like... Oh, no, no, now it is going to hijack. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like Spec Ops The Line. I, I think Spec Ops The Line is good. Um, there's so many there's so many things that I could criticise, I, I think, that, that have been criticised and, you know, kind of comprehensively dealt with over the, the last 10, no, 11 years. Uh, but... I, I come down on, on yeah I think this is a this is a good game I think it's it deserves its reputation as uh, you know a game that tried to do something and I think it does achieve that thing to kind of varying degrees of success um, but it, it kind of earns so many points from me just because it, it it's it's a it's memorable I it's not just like I remember playing it and I remember that game. I remember bits from it. I remember lines from it. No pun intended. I remember, you know, sequences and images. There are things from it that stand out. And I think that, especially when we're talking about, you know, it's funny that we're recording this kind of concomitantly with the the podcast series on the Call of Duty games, where, you know, in a, in a lot of ways they kind of blend into one another. This is a game that I think is full of like very distinctive moments, um, and for that reason alone even if it kind of fails at delivering its kind of didactic or its various kind of didactics which i don't think it does but even if it does then for me it's it's a good game because it just has so many distinctive you know memorable images set pieces sequences scenes dialogue exchanges yeah it's it's like a it's it's a really I think striking 
is, is the best word for it. Um, I'll, I'll be a, a jerk and just throw out the, uh, the frago and uh, uh, get to it later, but I think a lot about this game. I don't hate this game. I, I don't like it. I don't think it succeeds at... Uh, and a lot of this comes down to aesthetics, too, mm-hmm. before I like to presage it. I just... This game is so cold to me, and... Um, yeah, and there's just there's a sense of remove, and there's a sense of like arrogance and and forced cleverness. I think that it doesn't earn. I, I don't find a lot of humanity in this game. I think it's at its worst um, when it does that. You know, when it, it it has moments of of nihilism, but like pretentious nihilism, um, and that is definitely when. It's but at it its also, worst. I just don't feel like it has much of a heart. Like it doesn't. I don't know. I don't know. We can get into that more though, like later on. Um, but is it worth? Yeah, I, I think it just because we were just talking about it. I do think that there's something quite, kind of catalyzing, oh, like the, about the fact that this is, you know, part of a, a series that was at one time quite a kind of celebratory, almost like propagandic, you know, military shooter. Because that to me seems like a way into the discussion about everything else that this game is or might be. Yeah, I was I was gonna raise that as a point too, and and maybe look first because I think again all of our articles touch on this, uh, but Yusuf's I think does it most like forcefully, most directly, of so much of playing this again and, and kind of thinking about it again, not just kind of playing it and uh, uh, you know and setting down to to write some of my thoughts about it more. Uh, 11 years after it came out it is one of those things where it's like oh yeah we very much are in a different era than this game um i think because i was in my 20s during the the 2010s like for most of them it um it the past has a way of like flattening when you're an adult i think um but then thinking about this again too and like yeah this was this was a a, definitely a time like this is i think in a lot of ways like kind of you know the the tail end of the iraq war like obsession i think um as as other bigger not necessarily bigger but other big geopolitical movements started to happen and like wrenched our attention elsewhere um i i think this game is very much of that kind of late aughts reckoning with uh with the war in Iraq and the war in Afghanistan. Um, but Yusuf, I was kind of, I wanted to, to bring up some of that as well. And like, <clears throat> what's the best way into this? Because your article, I think does a good job of kind of placing this game into a modern context as well. And I don't know if maybe this is too far afield from it, but like, do you, do you think this game was effective and maybe i'll just leave effective to be sort of like as broad as you want it to be sure um well in my art my in my piece i definitely argue that it essentially wasn't um in terms of the, it's like kind of its tail as a cultural object i think it ultimately you know is remembered more for its artifice and for kind of like the way it was designed uh, than for kind of, and I think any kind of like visceral effect on the player, um, 
And if anything, the the effect that is most like remembered is frustration at like a game that was sort of like chastise or chiding the player. Um, and I think like yeah, like we've definitely like we have moved beyond that moment. And I think there was because uh, this is like yeah early twenty tens. There's just like a lot of like um, a lot of like there was just like a lot of like games that were sort of starting to hint at 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 that like question of I think I think it was like the fallout kind of the fallout they hang over from from like Call of Duty and like kind of spawning a genre and spawning a obsession like you like you mentioned and like kind of us like playing out war playing at soldiers in in wars that were like modern and and you know things that were happening actually happening like overseas that uh, was was then getting reflected in our media, and like spec ups, like I think I mean, and not just with war. Like obviously, like Bioshock was like another uh, big yeah. touchstone of of games. Kind of, I think yeah, kind of like yeah, basically highlighting their own artifice, like artifice and their own theatricality, uh, and kind of little like breaking the fourth wall and 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 getting a little bit postmodern, I guess. Um, in terms of like, like trying to be something beyond like, here is a video game where you get a high score and beat the game, which is it's kind of funny because I started playing like the like the new Diablo and I'm like, it's such a throwback uh, to like think about games like this where it's like it's just like there's nothing it just, there's nothing under the surface like and it never it never was especially with the Blizzard game but, um, but I think it for a long period like i think they're like game like game developers at least i mean i'm only talking kind of like the double and triple a space like obviously indie space is very different and has always like been more um experimental and thoughtful but in the in like the kinds of games that came out in the in the bigger mainstream spaces like there was a, a period of questioning and a period of kind of trying to figure out if games could not just kind of keep doing the same following the same mode that had been set in stone um uh and actually question if their own basically their own means their own like not necessarily means of production but their own like reason for being um i mean far, mm -hmm. far cry to also kind of another big one i just like thinking about and like hotline miami and like um yeah the list is pretty extensive uh in retrospect um but i think like ultimately like what i kind of like map out is is like not only the way like video games sort of return to a, a kind of like essentially apolitical equilibrium um of of like surface of like uh of no longer kind of like not like kind of going back and and letting the assumptions sit where they where they were and not, not necessarily mm -hmm. trying to challenge um challenge much beyond like offer a purely entertaining experience kind of like the marvelization of film <laughs> is sort of sort oh, of having yeah. with games and i think not just with with media but also in society like if like in my piece i talk about like us pulling out of afghanistan and just like thinking about it in retrospect to like us to the u.s um invading like iraq and like just like there was like so much more discussion about it Obviously, like when we started the um, war on terror and all that garbage, and like 
despite the fact that like it was very hard to challenge um you know uh dogma like it, it's still like there was like still a lot of like pushback and a lot of like um tension especially especially like um yeah just like in in any kind of like liberal circle and i think now especially like in a post-pandemic like uh landscape like there's and post-trump landscape there's just like this fatigue uh that uh you see among people not just like my generation but i think younger people too like of like kind of not being able to not like wanting to engage with it um and like so like just like the absolute like anticlimax like wet fart of pulling out of afghanistan and just being like yep we starved people we bombed like hundreds of thousands of people you know committed all kinds of war crimes and we're just gonna pull out and no one's gonna say anything and it's gonna then taliban will take over and it's just like not well, yeah. if anything too it's like it's like oh look at george bush he's cute yeah he's yeah kitty. like literally yeah, like, like erasing his record because he's like not as shitty as trump um yeah there's like it, it kind of all folds in on itself and now we're in this position yeah where it's like i think um things are things have like gone past the point of like what it, basically the, the overton window has like escaped velocity and like we're just in this position of i think being overwhelmed by how shitty things have gotten um and i think like with like in the 2010s and prior like there was like i think more of a period of cause i think you kind of have to have hope to like be to have a mm. to like to to make a project to, to to engage in a project uh that attempts to like i think maybe course correct i would say like you know like in terms of like video games like you have to have like some measure of like because i feel like there was like more of a dynamic there's more there's more like the, the space was more dynamic and there was more like room for i felt like there was more room for alternate viewpoints like and maybe it's just because this stuff doesn't come out very often but it just feels like um because i think there's like other games like in the line of spec ups like i think like mafia 3 like kind of felt mm-hmm. very similar in terms of like long-standing franchise and then there's kind of like somebody some creative director takes the reins who's able to like make tell something compelling um with the material they have uh but i think like yeah and and maybe that'll happen again but also like i feel like because games have gotten so expensive and because the triple a space has gotten so like sealed up and tightened like and really became has like at this point has to be a fine like tune machine of just like pure pleasurable feedback loop like you know you have diablo where it's like microtransaction feedback loop like it's like yeah perfectly fine video game but it's like you know and then you have warzone and again micro microtransaction tight feedback loop like games have like tightened all the fat off there's there's a lot less like uh like triple a games have tightened the fat and have lose, lost the fat and like the, they're leaner and they're more like efficient and you know better like whatever player experience but then the the artfulness and creativity is kind of erased and that's like basically what i was kind of trying to argue i think yeah and i think that also and i'll like toss this over to you ed as well because i think this also naturally then like dovetails with what you wrote about and maybe this is like i don't know maybe this is just what our podcast does too often and maybe it's age and cynicism or something but uh when you also look back at this game and like use of like what you're saying with like maybe there's an act of hope in some sense of like of of trying to make something that 
which I think is true. There, there's some kind of like spark of like some kind of vitality of, of saying, I have a point to make here. Uh, whether you make it successfully or not, I think trying to make the point in a mainstream game is often like notable in itself, like to have a clear viewpoint. Um, but yeah. it feels in a lot of ways, and this is what really struck me, and I, I think I talked to both of you like outside of this podcast and like doing edits and stuff, that I was going to say, like, even though I don't care much for this game, I'm like, I missed that this was something that came out um, and and was talked about, uh, like, pretty broadly. You know, this was something that was not like a flash in the pan kind of like hidden gem or whatever, right? Um, <clears throat> and it makes me think about, like, as I think with a lot of things in popular culture right now, um, like we kind of lost like every like i feel like we the idea of like sort of a, a an interesting like sparking of opinions and and people responding to each other and and art that mainstream entertainment that was coming out that was like generating discussion and that some people are saying this is the absolute worst and some people are this is fantastic and other people are kind of digging into specifics and everything like it felt in the early 2010s like that was what games were becoming that they were um uh i think especially too with like indies gaining more like whatever indie means but you know smaller developers being able to get in front of people more easily with digital distribution you had this kind of this sense that like mainstream games is like well keep up or you're done uh, you, you you have to start kind of uh, being a bit more thoughtful and, and growing up a little bit. And there was a sense, I think, in like the, the first half of the decade, at least, that that was starting to happen. And the criticism was happening too, right? Like mm. things were kind of bubbling like in, in uh, toward like a maturation of the art form, uh, which I think you look back at maybe the last like four or five years and it seems like we're in complete retreat you know like on on all fronts like spec ops to me is not like a, a game that i think feels like it's um it, it's not a game that to me feels like it's some shocking piece of work that like is a is a once in a generation thing to me it kind of feels like it's it's kind of where we should be as like a base standard of like you can talk about these kind of things and i can't really think of a game since you know, I mean, like Disco Elysium and I think Red Dead 2 were both games that were big and generated discussion uh, since then. It, but it just doesn't seem like it happens as much anymore and that we don't have the... I think we've, like, you know, the the, the state of online media has kind of decimated, like, the, the ability for people to give these things the attention they deserve and then fuel more kind of creative work and blah 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 mm -hmm. um but i'll toss to you ed because i think you talk about that in your piece quite a bit too and you kind of argue that the criticism at the time maybe still wasn't like adequate to address this game as more of like as, as more than the didactic aspect of it that this game was kind of failed by not being looked at as also like you know a, an actual story with characters who uh, work on their own front 
like do you want to talk about that a little I, bit? I, I don't really have like a, a question no, to lead you to. I, I actually have a slightly different view on this. So rather than it being a case of Spec Ops happens, flurry of excitement, and then what we have now is a is a gaming culture where, you know, as it were, the bad guys won and the bad aspects of that culture became the dominating aspects of that culture. And Spec Ops is this kind of um, relic of uh, a time when things were more hopeful. Actually, what I think has happened is that gaming culture has embraced quite a lot of what is in Spec Ops The Line and has been shaped around a lot of the kind of thematic conceits and narrative conceits of a game like Spec Ops The Line and other games uh, like some of the ones that Yusef mentioned, Far Cry 2, Bioshock, etc. But, but the what happened is rather than these things being kind of overlooked or even like underappreciated, what happened was that we looked into and appreciated the most kind of dead-end aspects of them and the most kind of surface-level, superficial aspects of yeah. them that, that really take us nowhere in terms of... You know, if I, I always kind of resist talking about games as if they have this kind of like singular intent and that we are ultimately all striving towards the same kind of, uh, you know, the Pacific Ocean together. It's, that, that's not what's happening. But to characterize them in that sense, if what we're all kind of hoping for is that one day games will be X and Y and Z, I think that what happened with Spec Ops The Line is that everyone kind of took the, the, the wrong lessons from it. And games since then have, have actually followed the, the wrong star, as it were, from Spec Ops The Line. What, what we've ended up with, I think, is, is a culture that is more uh, obsessed with itself and more navel-gazing and more concerned with what it means rather than making sense of anything that's around it. I, I think we've got uh, a, a, an increasingly insular and incestuous gaming culture. And to me, that can partially, traced back is not the right phrase, but you can certainly see the kind of germinations of that in something like Spec Ops The Line, which, whether I would like it to be or not, is ultimately trying to be a game about games. Like I, When I was replaying it and when I was writing about it, my intention was to try and offer an alternative reading of it, and I do think that that reading exists, but there were plenty of occasions where I was having to kind of fight against what is more obviously there. So essentially, you have a game in Spec Ops The Line which is about games, which is about kind of introspection and self-obsession and this kind of, um, you know, hand-wringing about what it all means to be a game. And I think that that has kind of mutated and grown into what we have now, which is a gaming culture which is increasingly uh, you know, fortified against reality and is concerned primarily only with what it means and what it does and has a decreasing interest in you know, processing or dealing with anything beyond games or gaming culture. So that kind of Would you, what, what began as perhaps a, a, a kind of quasi or sort of pseudo noble 
intent to evaluate the potential morality or immorality of you know, committing virtual violence, that has become a, we are not going to even attempt to deal with reality. And instead, when we want to look clever and when we want to create a game that can be credited with having some sort of high-minded thematic or narrative qualities, what we're going to do is the, the safest version of those things, which is to look at ourselves and to evaluate ourselves and to debate the, the, you know, the formulaic points of the medium, which is it, it, not interesting uh, and, and ultimately does what games have done forever, which is put their hands over their ears and kind of cluck their tongues and you know, ignore the rest of the world. But now does it through the kind of smuggle through customs way of at least we're discussing ourselves and we're evaluating the form. But who, who fucking cares? You know, I, I, that's... Do you think... Go on, sorry. Hmm. No, I was going to say, like... And then maybe this neatly leads into what I wrote somewhat. And then we have a nice three... <laughs> I don't know if it actually works. But do you think, too, that, like, you have... In, in the same way that it's, like... Uh, you know, maybe some mainstream game makers are like star wars is my reference point and what they take from star wars is that we like sword fights and spaceships they don't necessarily take like um you know the 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 same kind of like sense of adventure or creativity it's like looking at the kind of narrow point the easy the kind of easy to replicate point it's like um you look at games about games kind of and it's like they because I, I have always kind of been of the opinion as well, and actually Cameron points this out in the in that discussion piece, it's Spec Ops got a lot of attention, as did Bioshock, um, by making flashy what like Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2 and 3, but especially, you know, the 1-2 double punch, did, but did as part of a greater narrative you know yeah. of, of this kind of thing of like you enjoy all the killing don't you you know that kind of thing and and the riding thing of the s3 or whatever but like that stuff is also talking about a lot more yeah. than just hey isn't this like you are a player playing these characters the riding and snake and big boss and all these they're all actual characters as well who have stories and dramatic arcs um and it's like games maybe were like, oh, well, that that's, you know, in the same way of like, <laughs> sometimes it's like, oh, the legacy of, of Kojima is, oh, he's weird. The, the controller rumbled. Uh, you know, the memory cards had to be switched. Like these kind of things. It's like what's taken from it and not, oh, people connected these things because he's looking at the world and creating characters who are reflecting something about the time in which he's writing these stories, you know, or, or making these games. Um, well, the, uh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I don't want to become the, the game critic who, who is frustrated with game criticism because, uh, again, that, that just feels like a kind of... It just feels like such a dead end and it feels hypocritical and um, it feels reductive because I, I, I haven't read everything, right? But... You're absolutely right. And I think actually uh, Yusuf mentioned Hotline Miami earlier on, right? And there was so much about that game. 
it, it, it sort of transcends criticism. It transcends like articles. It transcends like it, it, it becomes the, I don't know, the mien, the milieu, whatever you want to fucking call it, the atmosphere around that game. Uh, you know, which is born out of the, the, the criticism, but, but also kind of takes into account things like, you know, the responses on Twitter, the, the interviews with the developers, video essays, everything, you know, kind of amalgamates into what ultimately becomes a, the, the legacy of a game. And it feels like the legacy of a game like Hotline Miami is uh, partly it's like, oh, it's a game of, that, that really challenges, you know, the, the violence. It's a, it's a game about how horrible violence is. And that to me is like the most, you know, the, 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 the simplest and most, again, like the most boring, the dullest, almost like, you know, most conservative uh, interpretation of that game. Spec Ops The Line, likewise, has that same problem. And then, you know, you talk about like Metal Gear Solid, absolutely, right? What, what we have is a, a kind of failure, I think, with regards to all of these games, to, uh, as it were, see the trees for the forest, right? And maybe look past, like, this is what the game is in terms of its legacy and reputation. Forget that, and actually look at it in a more kind of, like, fragmented, in a more kind of... Right. Uh, in, 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 in a more... Which... Go on, Sorry. No, 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 I'm interrupting you. I, I was just going to say, like, which to me is a sign of a health, like, healthy criticism is if you have that happening. Like, to me, it's like an ecosystem, right? It's, um, it's when you have these different views and people sort of, like, you know, <laughs> to use a, a really, like, dismal metaphor, it's like if Spec Ops is, like, <laughs> a, a cow that's died of sunstroke, like, the, the critics should be eating all the different parts of it, right? Not just... Not just we're all crowded around the eyeballs. Um, what the hell, fuck, Reed? That's a. That's, a, <laughs> <laughs> that's my metaphor. Um, but like, no, I, I just mean like, and, and I think you can complain about criticism without complaining about critics necessarily. I think it's undeniable that in 2023, mainstream video game criticism is is on life support. Uh, if that, you know, I'd, I'd say it's heart stopped for a few minutes now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you, you want that, right? Like, I think, like, to me, it's it's mystifying and not to, like, you know, blow smoke up around butts but, or something, but, but like, the the Metal Gear book or something, and it's like, well, why aren't there, like, 50 books on the, Metal the Gear? Fa- the like, fault people is, play these the games. The fault is not with criticism. The fault is, it, it we're, we're talking about video game culture, which has been, which has been... Right, which, and... Video game culture belies criticism of the type that you're describing because you've you've got it's made games are made by people who are often not interested in that sort of criticism games are played by people who are often not interested in that sort of criticism they're not sold or marketed in the kind of terms that no no and that kind of criticism like there's only so much that a critic can do until we until we reach this is that until we reach a point where video games are made by people who have done more than study programming and read fantasy novels and until we but i think we i think we have but they're not but they're but not we haven't because they're, they're, their finger no their fingerprints are not shown on what on what's happening i think well, this is, you know anecdotally as well there's a lot of people who are you know engaged with the world who are working on games but they're not it's not evident in what's 
in what's being made. There's there's so much here to like unpick, and I'm I'm. Also, Yusuf hasn't talked. In, yeah, I, I'm time also time mindful time. that we're no, not really, no. we're not really talking about Spec Ops the line. Um, it's fine. People know what it was about. Basically, I, I think <laughs> I, I think what's happened, and this is this is a, a really tangential point now. But basically, uh, technology uh, becomes more sophisticated. The idea of a AAA game becomes more complex. What that means is that the skills required to work on a AAA game require years and years now of education and training. Mm. And the, the, the dedication, the, again, this is not a criticism of the game maker. This is just the facts of, I, I think, the profession. The skills required now to work on a large budget game that is going to get mainstream exposure, to develop those skills requires such a kind of dedication to your craft that it almost eliminates the possibility of engaging with some of the kind of greater or, 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 or rather broader art and culture. You, you, you can, if you want to be the developer who works in the AAA gaming industry, your life has to be video games. In the same way that a professional athlete struggles to give an interview and, and demonstrate much personality, because in order to be a professional athlete, you have to you know, practice tennis 15 hours a day from the age of like six it's exactly the same now with I think with game development where if you want to work on a game that is actually of a scale that it might actually move the needle of the culture you need to have done nothing but played and read about and worked on games from such a young age for many many hours a day that you reach a point where even if like with the best of intentions you probably do not have the kind of frames of reference that allow you to be, even if you're the creative director, to actually do something that is not simply swimming in the wake of other video games, that is actually, re you know, this is, this is why Hideo Kojima is is a, a sort of anomaly because it, it seems as if he's watched the news, it seems as if he's read whatever it might be, but he's still, you know, somehow a, a you know a highly capable game maker. Um, he also has like I think. That comes down to like creative control a little bit, and or like the way like the kind of the systems of the game of games production. Because I think with Spec Ops, like I think we all can agree, like the tone is like is definitely like obnoxious. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but it's also like it's clearly coming from like pretty much like one or two people, right? Like the I forget the the main writer who like also did Far Cry Three, what, uh, which what? in respect that no, kind of he didn't do Far Cry. Walt Williams. Oh, I didn't. Do... No, Walt, wasn't Walt... Walt Williams. He didn't do Far Cry Three. No, Walt Williams wrote Spec Ops. Jeffrey O'Hallan wrote Far Cry Three. Oh, okay, um, but yeah, Walt Williams, who like kind of worked on this. Like, I mean, Walt Williams, his name sounds like a fucking English <laughs> author. Like, well, to, uh, me, to me, he Walt, sounds like Walt Whitman, right? Or an American author. Um, yeah. But like, it's like there is like that kind of full literateness of the of the tone but i think it's also like it's very it is similar to the kojima where it's like kojima's not saying anything that profound like it's just the fact that like he's saying something he's allowed to say what he like he's allowed to put a, a theme in the game <laughs> a message in yeah. the game and like that is like such an infinitesimally small part of like of what of what the media landscape of games and then i mean then the, then it reflects everywhere else it reflects also in the critics the, the types of criticism and i think it, it it's it's why like it's you can't it's it is hard to to for there to be criticism that 
that moves be like that kind of like that can take spec ups and like grow it into something that affects culture in a, in a larger sense like because i think like this in the same way that game development and the game like yeah and then game culture is like is very like uh practical like uh, like like ed was saying like computer code like uh uh nerd references like you know i talked about that a lot with um the calypso protocol like where it's like you see them like unable to see outside of like a few five mm-hmm. like reference touchstone references and like that's like their literacy um that also works for criticism like you know these are a lot, a lot of, you know this is a field that like where it doesn't really pay to be well read <laughs> like it pays to be well played to like to uh, to like be able to play video games quickly and efficiently and write about them like quickly and efficiently and be able to knit to hit the the bullet points um and to to summarize stuff quickly which is what happened with spec ops it became summarized as the white phosphorus game um versus yeah. like you know uh, game obviously games, yeah too. and like and like i think ed's piece was great in t- talking about like you know it's not just about that like there's a lot more pieces that could be brought up about it uh that don't because um there's not necessarily the audience for that and there's not necessarily the desire to to approach it on that level because it's not really like a it's it just isn't at the caliber of other art forms like and and, and it really and it hasn't it, and like and there is not the the fuel to get it there like and like we we're, like we're i think right now we're kind of like you're saying we're running we're really running on the fumes of a period of criticism and game development when we thought we can actually push it into a different um uh a different space but i think like uh we're kind of coming up against the limits of that like the physical limits of that um and like kind of trying to like figure out what like you know what the fuck happened um but i think the part Which of it is... yeah is which is multi-varied, right? Like we have oh, a, sure. a, a collapse of of writing. You know, a lot of the problems you can say about games games criticism are shared in film and music. It's just those are better established, right? In literary criticism, it's just that those have a history. Um, I think that games criticism doesn't have as you know, it doesn't have the extra decades of of uh, legitimacy for criticism to lean back on. Uh, for people to say this is yeah this is what it, it, it is like, like it is about when it like yeah it's really about like historical place you know like yeah it is it is new um and, and for a long time it was untested and it's gotten you know and, and it kind of had its legs cut out before it could really run right essentially is what happened like yeah and it's symbiotic as well i mean you i think we we certainly know this with picking months for bullet points and everything like the monthly format is uh, makes it more dramatic than it might otherwise be but like you know criticism and art are two parts of the same or two sides of the same coin if you have something that is just uh in in the way that i think you can say really interesting things and and you have to in a lot of uh the industry i think has neglected its duties in terms of call of duty Let's see what i did there <laughs> which is also poop um <laughs> but like Call of Duty at a certain point, it's like when I always, you know, this piece comes to my mind over and over again when, Ed, when you wrote that hyper video gamification or however you titled it about um, Far Cry 5 and in Bullet Points history, Far Cry being the the new entry that 
traditionally sort of breaks the spirits of the site and uh, sometimes <laughs> you know hastens people's giving up on writing about games it's if you don't have things that are interesting to write about then then you don't have as much healthy criticism and it leads you towards things of like well fuck who cares i just want to have fun i don't care anymore about uh if i'm being engaged on any way like i want to play diablo i want to click and for things to blow up and you can make lots of interesting design criticism but that's i think not going to engage the wider audience in the in the same way as as um looking at things more holistically uh so i think you you die in tandem with arts and criticism like it it they they go down on the same ship um and and i think that's partially what's what's been happening you know there, there's a lot of factors obviously and it's not something you can settle that easily but um i did i did want to like talk about ed's earlier point about um kind of games looking more inward because i do think it, it does like it does align with my thinking about like how it align how it works with like the discursive like cultural sphere like how like like, I think, you know, like, the last, you know, few years of games, obviously, were made during, like, the pandemic, and, and like, there was, like, a level of, you know, there was, like, an, there was a level of basically, like, needing to continue pretending like things are normal, <laughs> despite the fact that things are not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, and, and I think, like, and I don't think the pandemic started that, but I think it's, like, taken it you know, much, much further. And I think like that is like, that's how I feel like with games now. Like it, it feels like, cause I feel like obviously like, you know, with, with spec ups, like, yeah, yeah. Like obviously the big thing was about it being about player, cho- player culpability, but it also really, it, you know, like recently said, it's a, it's a reaction to America's involvement in, in the Iraq war, like in a different, in a very different tack than like, say uh, the Call of Duty, the first few modern Call of Duty modern warfares were like, like they kind of take the same premise and then go in different directions, but they're they're It's a, it's, it's looking at something outside of games. Um, that is, you know, obviously, you know, always in a quasi gamified state, like, like looking at like warfare from, you know, um, through like the, through a TV screen. But, uh, it absolutely like was like, comes from that space like it feels like it's like it's that it's tackling that it and however like whether to whatever success it 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 was doing but i think like as time wore on like and as our like like i think like like yeah i think it's like in our inability to to grapple with like real like social events outside of games like games become more detached and, they, and like you and also like games like the, sh- the shape of like what games are like fundamentally changes because obviously like the big games now are are, are offshoots of free-to-play and uh, like Fortnite and whatnot and like you know that's like i don't know i th- like i feel like I, I, I would like ed to talk a little bit more about like this idea of like a kind of like game culture to kind of taking a lot the wrong lessons of spec ops because like i wonder like if it if it's just because of, of is it just taking the wrong lessons or is it like is it for me it like it really feels like it's like there's less reality to play off of there's like too much reality like in our lives and then like games are like uh, trying even harder to escape from it 
versus like I mean per, perhaps a moment like uh, twenty years before where it felt like we could actually do something about reality. Like I feel like that's that for me is like the reason why games are more solipsistic and inward facing now. I think that that's true. I, I think that's very true, and I think it's it's true of all culture. Um, it's that kind of postmodern thing of uh, you know disenfranchisement and alienation. Uh, and the end of truth and the end of the meta narrative, where no one knows how to feel about anything or what's right about anything or what's wrong about anything, and so it becomes very difficult for art to offer any kind of moral guidance when the only kind of truth is that there is no more morality and there is no more uh, answer. There's no truth, and I think that you do see what happened, what has happened across not just games but. Um, certainly like popular movies is yes a, a, a retreat from any attempt to try to organize or make sense or in any way kind of clarify the real world because the real world has become at least in the uh, I think the minds of western audiences the real world, the real world has become so kind of fraught and perilous in terms of uh, right wrong believable not believable fake real uh, and so on that it's very hard to mm. kind of offer any sort of answers with gaming i i feel like this is it's truer in gaming than than anywhere the thing with gaming though is that i think it had a head start and rather than being able to kind of chart or, or kind of recognize a sort of, as it were, downturn in gaming culture's willingness or even kind of attempt to speak to the wider world, what's happened in gaming is that this has just continued in kind. It was, it was true of games in the 90s, it's true of games in the early noughties, it's true of games in the 2010s, it's, true of ga- it's, it's been true of games since the beginning. If we go back to you know the earliest days of video games, things like Dungeons and Dragons, well that wasn't video games, but you know became the the, the template for so many video games. Games like Ultima, uh, games like I don't know the very first fucking like Pac-Man, Space Invaders, right? All of these things were um, you know represented a, a, an escapist fantasy of some sort, right? So what's happened? is not necessarily a decrease or a, a, a decrease in willingness to engage with reality slash an increase in the desire to escape from reality. What I think has happened is uh, a refinement of that process. Mm. And th- that refinement takes on a very, very sinister form whereby somehow even attempts or, as it were, objects or artifacts that perhaps represent a deviation from that process of refinement become consumed by that Mm. process of refinement. So you get a game like Spec Ops The Line, which seems to be kind of planting a flag in the ground and saying, no, we're we're going to talk about something real here. We're going to talk about war. We're going to talk about masculinity. We're going to talk about PTSD. We're going to talk about subjectivity. We're going to talk about delusion. What happens is that, that that can't exist. That 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 because what that does is it undermines the kind of modus operandi of gaming as a culture, which is to provide escapism. So it becomes 
subsumed into that narrative of escapism. It has to be a game that is simply about games. It has to be a game that in some way encourages you to look away from reality and look into video gaming, because that is the only type of game that is acceptable to the mainstream, in the mainstream, and for the mainstream. So hmm. we then end up with something that Reed referenced earlier on. You take Metal Gear Solid, the original Metal Gear Solid, what we take from that, what becomes its, its kind of popular legacy, is it's the game that will make the controller vibrate, because that's a video game thing. The game that reads your memory card, because that's a video game thing. What happens is that the, 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 the way that video games have become so successful, that the reason that they have become what they have become is because they are able to offer, unlike anything else in the world, an escape from realism. And so any single text that represents, like I say, a kind of rebellion against that, not only does it, in some cases it's simply ignored, in other cases, if it becomes too kind of vocal, it is subsumed by that culture and processed and repackaged as this is still a game that allows you to escape from reality. Spec Ops Online is a game about war and trauma, except gaming as a culture has made it into a game about games. Bioshock is potentially a game about objectivity. Ayn Rand, the politics of the 1950s in the, in the American Cold War era. No, it's not. It's a game about games. Mafia 3 is a game about race, it's a game about the tensions between uh, you know, different identities and cultures. And so on. No, 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 it's, it's, it's an open world crime game. Because gaming needs to be about escapism in order to justify itself. That is what it has made its money on. I, I think you're spot on. I think... I think there are a lot of, I guess, apparati that encourage that. The, 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 the um, last, I just want to say one more thing, which is that what games have become very good at doing is disguising this fact. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Oh, it's a game that's about you know uh, Nordic history, but it's about it in such a, it, it, it's about it in a way that is sufficiently present, but also equally superficial that it allows games to deceive people, deceive audiences, deceive critics, deceive everybody into believing there is some kind of progress when what is actually happening is simply the same mass production of escapism. And that to me is the, that's the sinister aspect, is that uh, this, kind of, um, this kind of inertia is now marketed and repackaged and presented as some sort of artistic progress. This is what I've talked about, I think, when I wrote about Far Cry. Uh, I think it's something that I wrote about with Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 last year. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, to bring this back to Spec Ops, that is what I think happened to Spec Ops, in a sense. Um, that it became a, yet another, the word you just used, Reed, I'm, I'm stealing it, another apparatus in video games ongoing exercise towards mass entertainment pure escapism but with a with a deceptive veil i think there's a, th a thing though too about escapism which is also escapism is a 
big term, right? Like, and it's, I, I usually think of it somewhat as a pejorative, right? Like you're, you're hiding from reality. Escapism is also a, a venue in which to experiment with thoughts, right? Like I, I think reading books is a lot of times an escapism. I find it interesting to watch like, um, oh Christ, what's his name? Like a, a John Milius movie and be like, I'm escaping into some other worldview here and I'm coming back and thinking about what I'm thinking about now. I, I find these things like interesting and I think the escapism that games offer I think also can be a Trojan horse for something more. Um, I think we have like an industrial scaffolding here for games that thinks very, very little of people. Um, and, and I think that is kind of our pop culture right now. And sometimes it's rewarded. Like if you go on Twitter and you see people saying like, you know, how could so-and-so actor who I like uh, play a villain? He's a villain now in real life, you know? Like, you, you see that kind of thing, and you're like, Jesus Christ, like, it, this is really the state of things. This is, I guess, we're all babies again. Um, but sometimes you have this, like, kind of escapism offered. I look at some of the best games from the last few years, and I think you have, like... Uh, Disco Elysium which comes out in 2019 um, which you know <laughs> on sort of the cliff's edge of a, of a lot of things that were percolating um, for the decade prior and Kentucky Route Zero I think does this as well And but Disco Elysium I think more forcefully says you're escaping to this different thing that is an, uh, sort of a funhouse mirror reflection of, of our world uh, at a, a different time in a different place maybe than where you're playing it but is offering you a place to explore different thoughts and to but is also being directed by very sure hands um, who know things and who are trying to make a point so that when you're done you, you know it's not just open-ended it's not just a thought experiment it's also like good art it also is is putting you into commune with the the creator of it um and and i think of escapism in that way is one of games greatest assets that i think by and large and i think critics do this as well think well you morons aren't going to care anyway you just want your pellets from the pellet thing right like you you say Red Dead Redemption 2, you say, well, this is how big the map is in-game. This is how, you know, the ragdoll physics work. This is uh, Arthur Morgan has a morality meter. Um, this is uh, how many side missions there are in this town. You don't say, come into this world and allow yourself to sort of slip into the fiction and explore different thoughts that have to do although they're not going to spell it out for you in every case, very directly with the moment you're living in, in time and are reflecting with your knowledge of the world and are, are going to sort of eject you from the experience later with, you know, some new thoughts to chew on. Like, to me, I think that's the promise of escapism and that's what games... It's like kind of the, the hook that when you see it work, you're like, you know, th there's a way of, because of just you know, it's multimedia, the way that games can pull you into another point of view or pull you into 
that kind of sense of escape that they're the most potent escapism in a lot of senses but anyway I, that's just kind of like yeah i mean what i'm not disagreeing with you when, Ed, I'm, when I'm i just saying that when I, when I talk about escapism what i mean is in its kind of most i i, I guess like juvenile and and sort of life replacing rather than life reflecting sense well it's like play Fortnite and look at the brands and don't think about your bills you can't afford right right which and i i I know that this is me being like as diplomatic as possible i know that this has some sort of place like i know that this is not providing something that is entirely escapist in that sense is not sort of artistically immoral by by default um but what i find objectionable is the unrelenting provision of that kind of well escapism. yeah it's it's like it's like when that friggin iron man the john favreau iron man came out like 15 years ago i saw that in theaters and i was like wow that was fun <laughs> you know and then the monkey pot curled <laughs> and said you like you like that <laughs> yeah yeah you know yeah. And, and and now and now like just the marvel and star wars and like that whole machine is just like repulsive because it's it's the trough now you know like we're it's the content thing as well we're content consumers now we're not we're not you know video game players or book readers or movie and tv watchers we're we're content consumers so just slop down the like inoffensive uh stuff that kind of hits the right dopamine receptors in terms of like color and sound like again like we're babies um yeah i, don't I think we should uh I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm always become babies. I'm always conscious of the like 60 minute mark on these episodes. <laughs> I mean, I think it is like that's probably a place to stop. But I think it's it's like such a it's. I, I appreciate Spec Ops for like providing the ground for this conversation because I think it's like it's such a good example of of like. Because I always like try and pay attention to games that, like, yeah, like Ed was saying, are memorable, like that stick in the craw a little bit. Because you don't want, because like, I think most stuff just like is designed to go down easy and like kind of be forgotten the next day. And, like whether or not like Spec Ops like succeeds at its aims, like it definitely succeeds at like kind of doing something unique and like and in like kind of like making itself making its presence felt to me. Like I think it's like very much like. It always always feels like damning with faint praise, though, doesn't it? <laughs> well, that's games. I mean, you gotta. That's the best but praise. That's the praise. Best, but yeah, I mean, like obviously, like Disco Elysium is like one of the standouts. Of, like something where they, like, yeah, like I think the way you put it is great. Where it's like trying to, like, present like, yeah, it's like it, it does what art is supposed to do, which is like, like communicate a viewpoint and communicate a, a point of view and communicate like a world and and a, and a, and a, a, a narrative like a, a narrative that is like coming from a personal place and coming from like somebody's soul and i think and that I think... Like, this like that's just like you, you count on you could literally count on that like one or two hands what like how many games can do that i, th- I think spec ops does pass that that bar yeah i do think for i think it's 
it's messy in like kind of a first draft kind of way is how it feels to me like it, it just doesn't have it just doesn't quite get it all together and I, I think it's a messy game in terms of like you know uh, Ed I remember talking to you about this as well is that you can when you read this game as being a, a character study it's I think a, a lot it's a better game but then it also does things like that opening crawl where it's like the credits plus like starting yeah, yeah, yeah. all lowercase <laughs> read <laughs> from like and it's like well, what are you doing here like you're kind of it's it doesn't feel like in that sense i think like bioshock is actually does a better job of of kind of sticking with like having consistency um yeah there is something there's something des almost like kind of slap dash and desperate about it's it's like execution it's a little like try hard yeah which is a, a lazy way to describe what i mean but I, get I, I just also think there's a lot in heart of darkness and apocalypse now and and we return to those over and over and it's like there, there's also something maybe like unfair about being like <laughs> coppola looked at joseph conrad's heart of darkness and he made apocalypse now like the next century's version and it's like jaeger's like yeah, we had 19th century, we had 20th century. <laughs> Spec Ops the Line is the next evolution of this story. <laughs> this is going to last us the next 100 years of greatness. Like there, yeah. It's like like when Freud was like there's like there are three like there's like there's three great philosophers, I'm one of them. Yeah. <laughs> this it, is yeah, so exactly. Like, <laughs> this is like yeah, you're the dude Walt Whitman being like, "Yep, here I am, guys. I'm on the scene." <laughs> <laughs> but it does that's what it's like that's what it fucking takes in games that's what's so annoying about it it's like well yeah and I mean, <laughs> you don't have thing and it, yeah. these people are they can be really harmful in like a workplace thing but there is something to be said about artists who are also like like yeah maybe you do have too much of an ego like maybe you are but sometimes having too much of an ego is how you get the big swings right is uh is is how you get like someone you know or, or some leads or something who are like we're, we're making the greatest fucking thing ever uh yeah and and you know that can be poisonous but it also can lead to uh like great confidence can can yield great results sometimes yeah here's the, here's the walt whitman seven out of seven thanks for the seven out of ten game that's you made me think now confusing <laughs> walt whitman with <laughs> More all, like on bl on bloody pond. <laughs> <laughs> all according to plan. Transcendental deathmatch meditation. <laughs> TDM. Um, yeah, I some people were mad at me on Twitter and said I didn't understand this game and I was going to address the thing uh, because the thing I wrote and they were like, "You don't understand. The point is that <laughs> foreigners are not human." Um, well, that's a very uncharitable reading of what people were saying. That's what um, they thought you were saying? Yeah, mm. and I was going to throw, just very briefly, maybe the, the gas is out of the tank at this point mm -hmm. in this episode. Maybe we shouldn't get into this, but um, yeah. I, I guess I was uh, going to say I think this game is is academic and in, in, has like a cold kind of academic remove i don't think it 
cares much about people, even though it tries to with Walker most successfully. But I, I think it's too, it's it's sort of a plot before character in a lot of ways, and I think its view of the uh, people of Dubai is, suffers in the same way, and I think they're also subsumed by like the points you could make that that the point of the game is that they're not viewed as other people is is uh, maybe a go nowhere argument that gets subsumed by the fact that like if your game can say Americans don't view others as real people and you're just reinforcing that it's not necessarily a criticism as much as it's a replication right um, yeah like omission ends up being just reinforcement uh, yeah but I won't talk about that at length because we're I just felt like I should say something, but it's been more than an hour. Ed's coming I, back I think, into a pumpkin. I think it's a good article to read. I liked it. Uh-huh. I mean, I feel like I wrote something similar uh, about when we did the Call of Duty, one of the Black Ops, the new one, Cold War. Cold War? Because that one was like yeah. very much like, it was like, oh, Vietnam. It's like, but like those guys, yeah, every time Vietnam shows up in one of those games, it's like, they're not they're absolutely inhuman i think it's a very american problem um, yeah it, which also i think implicates canada obviously it's not like we uh we never get away scot-free with this shit we're just not as big um and and i imagine a british problem as well is that maybe a western problem is that we make you know stories about the about wars that we're conflicted on and that we feel terrible about which is good and we should but then also in the process it's like kind of this thing of like we're the protagonists of of history right we're the uh we're the ones who get the interiority when it comes to the suffering that that didn't destroy our actual countries we get to be intellectual about it and not um the people who who actually suffered firsthand in in longer lasting ways yeah 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 man we should do something we should do red dead too i was just thinking about how that game is actually good yeah that's a good game i mean not against it i mean it's gonna be some lead time it's a long game next week (laughs) okay you got it you want to do it next week no that game's so fucking long but it's so good anyway well yusuf what do you want this to say to good. the people? This, uh, I enjoyed this conversation with you. I felt you both listened to me and I listened to you. <laughs> it was great flow. <laughs> <laughs> our, fl- our flow is amazing. Uh, I felt like I was really, yeah. Uh, I think everyone will be really pleased. Do we need more exciting voices? <laughs> is that our problem? <laughs> Hell no. Ed do, a, Ed, do a wacky voice. Uh, hello, welcome to Bullet Points. My name's Ed Smith, and I'm here to talk about Spec Ops The Line, which is fucking great. This is our new... I can feel the stars. I can feel the extra stars going up in iTunes. What if we had a clown mascot? <laughs> it just sounded like that. Yeah. And I feel like you should have a little horn when you talk like that. It's pointy. <laughs> don't don't pointy. shoot me, gosh. <laughs> Uh, is this a, is this a, an ex, a Patreon exclusive or is this for uh, the common the common person? I think this is for the common man. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is You're for, welcome. This is for you the, get to hear our, our voices. 
Since for those guys. All right. Well, then I guess we're obligated to say, cough up. Yeah. <laughs> cough, cough up. It's time to cough up. Um, yeah, the the website's all free, and that takes the most time, but then we keep trying to uh, give patrons things uh, as much as we can. As much as we can with three people. Um, we're doing our best do. over here. Just do it. We got the Call of Duty series going on. I think that's a good series. It's been great. And in the past, Yusuf and I talked about Final Fantasy thirteen. And remember when I played every Kingdom Hearts game? Oh, God. I can't, <laughs> I can't believe you did that. That was, <laughs> that was a, a fucking stupid idea. Was, no, but it's good because you can point to that and say, I do care about this website. Yeah, it's like pointing to the lashes on your back. The flagellant it's, Reed McCarter. That's right. I'm the, pen, <laughs> the penitent. Uh, what, what other things did we do on there? Ed and I did all the Remedy games. Don't forget about Industry Minute. Industry Minute, which has, has been a minute, but yeah. I don't, We've talked about different, I, different it's a great time. To, you guys should do another one. I, Summer Games I, I, I don't think this dispassionate list of all the things that we've done is necessarily going to convince people to <laughs> subscribe. You know, we should. Why not? It's it's content. We should pro- consume. Let's, let's just let's just sign off and say we we played Halo for eight hours. Listen, <laughs> we played we played Halo. Uh, your donations, yeah. your, your donations help us to pay our freelancers a decent rate, uh, a, a good amount for their contributions, a deserved amount. So please keep those coming in, so we can we can give we can give a platform to to some of these critics. Ed, that's the old way. People want to know what they get. They want stuff. They want stuff. I'm going to get my fucking foot up the arse if they don't donate to the Patreon. <laughs> How about that? How many people are on the planet? I don't fucking know. What are we at Eight now? Billion. Eight billion? Eight billion, something like that. So minus like however many are signed up to the Patreon. Yeah. Ed's going to go around the planet. Seven, He's supposed seven. to get so tired from all the kicks to the ass. Seven billion, yeah. nine hundred ninety-nine million. <laughs> Yeah, babies, old people—they're all getting a kick in the ass if they don't, if they don't cough up. That's fucking right. Uh, all right, Yusuf, where can people find you? Uh, you it's can find me, you me on, Twitter. on Twitter, probably. You me you and on bullet points monthly. Ed, where can people find you? Just, just buy the fucking bins beyond the shops. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm on bullet points. I guess. Twitter's dying. Who cares? Yeah, I don't um, give a shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all I'm done. Fucking, you know what I mean? Just fucking, just, just look. I'm around. You know? you wanna... Yeah, you can just type in. Yeah. You can type in things. You gotta find me. Uh, but, yeah. Read the website and uh, go to Patreon. Thank you for listening. We'll see you soon. Uh, yeah, bye. Bye. Later. Jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you. Jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you. Jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you. Jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay,